think about it, everything is polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on Uncensored tonight. Nice, clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Prices, right? I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited like a dirty thought in a nice, clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. The little attitude for all of you in white red land. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? You out there? You listening? Yes, indeed. The question of the day, are you out there? Are you listening? It's for, for some reason, you guys are always out there and listening. I've, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys very much. God bless you all. Thank you for being here with us here today as you are almost every day. We have special guests here for you guys running for Congress in New Jersey, Trisha Flanagan. We'll get to that in just a moment. You are looking live at the Foxhole app. That's right, the Foxhole app. This is the free speech platform that we have been putting together because all of us have been censored in some way. So they keep trying to silence us, they keep trying to shut us down. Not going to happen. We have partners that are trying to lift us up and let us get our perspective out there because we know the only true discourse is good discourse and constant discourse, and we need that in our society. Otherwise, we're going to fall. We must keep talking to each other. Support the Foxhole.app. Do me a favor. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Tell somebody about it. The Foxhole.app. And if you can, support them up there at the very top. Buy them a cup of coffee once a month if you can. Appreciate all of the hard work for the Foxhole.app. Without those guys, we would be basically silenced, and we're get, they're trying every day, but hey, they're not going to work. The official Brothers Uncensored website is uncensoredabe.com. Check it out when you guys get time. Here it is right here on your screens if, you, if, you're, if you're looking. Uh, you can find the previous show content. We had Mark Bakita here yesterday running for Senate in Ohio. Great discussion with him, as always. Uh, on, on the 21st, we had Cannabis in Combat on a fun discussion with him. And then if you missed last week's shows, man, you missed a whole lot last week, too. Pr- uh, previous interviews with Michael Yan at the border and mobile live events, as well as when we had Joe Flynn on. What a great discussion with him. Don't forget, First Amendment Praetorian link is right there as well if you need that. Uh, you can always find that there. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. Here it is right here. You'll get an email once a week from us telling you what you missed last week, what's upcoming this week. If you so choose, uh, you can get that right there. Uh, scroll down a little bit more. Foxhole, Twitch, YouTube hates us. Scrum, DLive, CloudHub, and Tiger Network are where we are live. Appreciate Tiger Network and CloudHub for their support with free speech platforms as well. Uh, scroll down a little bit more. The blog is up. This is where you can find links for previous show guests. Mark Bikita, Cannabis and Combat, Severe Anon, Transcend the Matrix. What a great list of shows we've had recently, Joe. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. Uh, if you want to help support us, well, we need your help. Um, everyone's been using the Gold Pill system through pilled which is great but the problem is is uh it takes a little bit of time to process that money flow uh so i appreciate everyone is kind of moving away from paypal and patreon i i appreciate that uh, but if you can, don't forget us on this side. You also, uh, Cash App, PayPal, Patreon are where you can help us on that front as well as the gold pills in chat. Appreciate all your guys' support. We couldn't do it without you guys. We have confirmed the Branson, Missouri event for First Amendment Praetorian. We, Joe and I, will be there live streaming the whole event and providing security services for the event to make sure that no one gets messed with. Looking forward to that big time. We'll be, that is, we'll be leaving here the 30th. Actually, I'll be leaving here the Tuesday night going to Joe's and then driving from Joe's over to Branson, Missouri. So we, we need your support. Kind of uh, uh, we're both broke. 
I'll just be completely honest with you. We we need your help kind of more immediate manner. If you can, if you can't, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. God always provides for us somehow, some way. So we appreciate you guys very much. Don't forget, in the store this week, check it out. Brothers Uncensored official merchandise is 35% off this week only. So get your chance. Now's your chance to get your I Want My News Uncensored shirts or official logo of Brothers Uncensored shirts. There they are right there. Take a look at them. They're awesome stuff. Don's added a few extra stuff to the to the mix as well as the I Want My News Uncensored and the Brothers Uncensored official hat. Grab those when you get time. That's where you can find it. Don't forget, First Amendment Praetorian is the group that provides security services for patriotic events. We have been to roughly, I want to say close to 20 uh, ops. I'll call them ops. They're not just events. They have been ops providing personal security services for, for VIPs as well as people who have been under threat. Uh, you know, for, for exposing whistleblowing stuff, other things like that behind the scenes we haven't talked about much, but First Amendment Praetorian does a lot of work to make sure that people are provided for. If you want to help support us, our crowdfunding is back up. They tried shutting it down after January, and we're back live now. So we appreciate your for, your support if you can help in any way possible. First Amendment Praetorian, P-R-A-E-T-O-R-I-A-N is the website, .com. Appreciate you guys very much. And, Joe, I am so looking forward to this upcoming event in Branson, Missouri. I got the gear uh, yesterday. I got everything pretty much ready to go. All I need to do is get uh, my uh, my my data set, my data coverage, uh, my dad, my SIM cards uh, logged in, and we'll be good to go. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you today? Awesome, awesome to be here, man. Uh, everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody out there, Foxhole, DLive, and everywhere else, just amazing. Uh, I already see you guys out there. Lots of good stuff coming in. Uh, I recently found out about our next guest and I went right to her site and this is what I saw. Welcome to a new congressional day. 2022 is our opportunity for bold new leadership in Washington, D.C. That road runs straight through New Jersey. What does she say next? Let's roll, Team Trisha. As you guys know, I start out every single show with let's roll because that's what we have to do. So uh, I was amazed to see that, and uh, it's glad to be here with Trisha today. Trisha, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing well, thanks. It's an honor to be with you both. Let's roll. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Indeed. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and find out about your platform. Um, I have it. Oh, excuse me. That was extremely loud. I have admitted your um, desktop to the Zoom meeting, um, but it doesn't have a mic. So from your desktop, if you go to the lower left, click the little up arrow and select a microphone. In theory, it should connect. <laughs> Um, you know what? You are giving me far too much technical. Gotcha. Credit. Okay. Go to your um, zoom. you you have the zoom app, right? Um, I do. I, I see that it's in there. Uh, you know, that it's scrolling through. The problem is I have a join meeting connecting, uh, icon and it's just churning through. And then I have a settings button, but I don't see, I've got a, uh, gosh, I, uh, let's see speaker test mic. Um, yeah. I am. Look at uh, go go yeah test mic and uh, micro speaker and microphone maybe that would do it. Uh, while we're trying to get this going because we're Trisha was having some some uh, bandwidth issues on her phone so we're trying to get you guys set up with a better connection so apologize for that everyone out there in chat I appreciate you guys very much and your patience. Uh, yeah so from the desktop in the app there'll be a little mute thing on the bottom left a little up arrow next to it and it should have you can select a microphone a little up arrow pulls or yeah test uh, speaker and microphone. 
You know, my apologies. I don't think it's working. Okay, no um, worries. Uh, maybe, uh, can you still see me on the, I've got like dueling screens here. If this will work, um, I'll stick with this for a little bit. And, and maybe when we have a break, I can work yeah, on that. Not uh, a problem. I went to a technical degree to, you know, get through that. No, I understand. Work. Let's just move past it then. I can take that. All right. So I heard about Trisha Flanagan because you made some noise uh, out there, which is good. It means that uh, you're over the target and the media was like, uh, feels threatened by you, of, of course. But I don't know really much about you, Trisha, so I want to find out. I always kind of start here. I start with, who's Trisha? Who was Trisha when she came out of high school? And what was it like? Because quite apparently you had a, your, your pick of the, of the mill as far as college. So tell me about coming out of high school, going into college, and what your, what your future plans were back then. Sure. You know, I'm really an unexpected politician because uh, you're asking me to go way back now in high school. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, nobody laughs too hard. I, I was a cheerleader. Uh, I was um, very politically involved even back then. I used to it, it, the only time I ever skipped school was to go to work on the, you know, to support Reagan, President Ronald Reagan. Uh, you know, back where I come from, uh, Republicans were uh, slim pickings, and I've always been a conservative. I've always been a strong Republican. My family roots go on one side all the way back to the party of Lincoln. I was born and bred in, uh, you know, true conservative values. And so uh, when I was uh, in high school, uh, it was no different. Then I went to Wheaton College up in Massachusetts, which is a bastion of liberalism. Um, but I, I stayed true to my conservative roots. And then I went to Brown University, I got a degree in biochemistry. Uh, I, my undergraduate degrees are biochemistry and philosophy with a concentration in constitutional law. So I kind of always thought I would go into that arena. Um, and so I worked in oncology and immunology for a bit. I was an assistant professor up at Brown. And then I decided to make a career change and I went into the big pharma universe. Uh, I, uh, you know, and as I was saying earlier in the warm up, don't let that scare you because all that really means is that I know where they hide the money and I know where they hide the secrets. And when it comes to, you know, vaccine trials, for example, I can go toe to toe with anyone, uh, you know, especially Dr. Fauci and call him out directly because I know the rigors that are applied to uh, a vaccine or any pharmaceutical product when it comes to market. And this vaccine did not go through those rigors. So I can speak specifically to that. So I thought that's where I would land with my career. Uh, I ended up going into private business, into consultancy. And I, start, I got married, I started a family, and I thought that was going to meet, be my lovely life. Uh, my three beautiful children, and uh, I dedicated my life to building my family and uh, my family business. And then through a couple of twists and turns that I did not expect, um, I started working directly with healthcare policy. And I started to see how broken our system was. And that was about 10 years ago. And uh, scroll forward, uh, the more I got involved in that, at that juncture between business and healthcare and government policy, I saw that nobody was stepping up to make a difference. So I come from a military family. My dad spent his career in the US Navy. My grandfather fought in World War I in the US Army. And I was taught faith family flag and you step up when your country needs you. So although I didn't feel called to the military, I did feel called to make that transition into the political arena. And that's kind of how I landed here. It's interesting. It's um, you look back at at your life. I look back at my life, and it, and it always feels like I got a nudge 
You know, a little, little nudge from somewhere, something, somebody. The Lord Jesus Christ guided me on a path to get me to here. I think if you look back at uh, that time where you got into policy, maybe you got a little bit of a nudge your way. <laughs> I I believe so. And I agree like you do. I, I think all things happen, happen for a reason. My faith is, the, is every strength in my life. And I always, whenever I take a step, I look to him, I look up, and my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he guides me. He always has. He always will. And uh, he has called us, I believe, for a time such as this. So I answered the call. Uh, I completely agree. And we are starting to lose that signal um, on your phone. It's probably going to get worse as time goes. Uh, so I'll give you a second here to try to see if you can get that uh, that secondary mic on your on your laptop going. I want to show everyone your, your website here and how people can help you and find out more about you. TeamTrisha.org. I love it. Make it simple, easy, stupid for people. TeamTrisha.org. Trisha Flanagan for United States Congress. You can find out more about Trisha under the Meet Trisha section. You can find out what got what uh, a little bit about her, what helped pave the way for her to get uh, involved here. And then you can find out how to join Team Trisha. Healthcare expert who began her career as a biochemist in oncology, developing first-generation life-saving saving immu immunobiologics. You can tell I'm not very well college educated, but nonetheless, you can tell that Trisha is, and that's why I love her mind. And it's I, I we've been talking about this for a long time here on the channel because it's so important to me that conservative women who are constitutional conservatives, specifically constitutional conservative women who are God-fearing, step up and not be shrouded in this, I don't know, uh, stigma that the Democrats want to put on beautiful, smart, constitutional conservative women. And it's so for me, it's an absolute honor to have you because I, you people like you, the women like you who are out there have put their foot down and said, you know what? I'm just about had it. And that's what I love about it. It's it's no, it's more than just um, it's 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 you see the threat to your children specifically. We see the threat to our children. But it's not about your children alone. It's about the bigger picture of the children of America and the world. And that's really, you know, when you come to a message of how do you approach a message with getting voters who may, may look at you in a way that the media presents you, how do you find a way to connect with them? We talked a little bit before uh, the, 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 the live show, um, and that is, you know, a message of unity, reaching out to people and saying, here's, what, here's our common interest, and this is why it's important. Absolutely. I think that you hit it on the head. And, you know, it's it's really um, it, it is that time in, in America. You know, I, I'm sure we're going to dig into a lot of these issues more completely. But, uh, you know, I think when you compare what Republicans and conservatives do, and those are two different groups, uh, when you can when you look at how our party is fractionated right now and how we really have to start pulling hard to the conservative side. Uh, when we when we look at what the Democrats are doing, they're unified. They say vote blue no matter who. But the extreme left, the extreme progressive side, the socialist arm of the Democrat Party is really fueling the engine. And the only way that we are going to get our country back and to get Congress back, we only need five seats to take back the House majority. And as I like to say, we have to take that speaker's gavel out of Nancy Pelosi's hand. And we can do that 
with just winning five seats. But in order to get there, we have to not only be unified, but we have to be strong in our values. We have to be unwavering. And the way the left has been able to move us, us to their left already is we compromise too much. So the combination of unity and strength and passion and uh, saying that we will not take this anymore. We're ready to stand up and we're ready to secure our country and our values and return to a better place that the liberals took away from us. They've been at this for 50 years, for more than that. They've had this unified agenda that the globalists started and it's entrenched now. Their goal was to get into our schools. Their goal was to get into our government. Their goal was to get into our families and into the media, into Hollywood. They own all of those positions right now, but it's not too late. We have to put together the strategy. We have to get together and speak in that one loud voice at the polls in 2022. We can't forget about 2020. There are still remedies, I believe, and maybe we'll get to that. But yeah. I think if we start now, we're already in that cycle. We cannot let them win. Yeah, it's I love the way that you can just put it together, and the presentation is just great. Um, let me. There's there's one thing we could try. It would be disconnecting your phone and then reconnecting through your laptop. That's a risk, obviously. It's up to you if you want to try that. So far, so good. We're still, it's a little bit low signal still, but. Uh, I'll leave it up to you to give give. I'll give you an opportunity here to uh, to play with that again for a second while I show you this. School board scolds parent for quoting the book they approved. <laughs> this is out of here in Wisconsin. Uh, Joe Verenick, uh, Vir, Vir, uh, Joe Vierkant set uh, set off the sensitivity meter of a Amory school board member last week at when he read an expert from one of the woke books included in the school district's English curriculum. The incident underscores the irony overflowing the social engineering going on in districts everywhere. Beerkant, a parent of Amory School Children and the chief of police for the northwestern Wisconsin community of Barron, quoted a brief section of a young adult novel, Dear Martin, quote-unquote, Dear Martin. The book examines racism and police brutality, major themes of the woke critical race theory and anti-racism movement. Drew Beerkant uh, drew from a profanity-laced exchange between a vile and fictional cop and the main character and a black teen named Justice. Beerkant literally spelled out the F-bombs and other profane language in the section. He stopped and asked, do I need to go further? School board, of course, said, of course said, please don't. This is the kind of stuff that they're having our children read if you're not watching what's given, give, being shoved on the throats of our children. Bill Barr, public schools are becoming an unconstitutional, secular, progressive madrasas. That's a rather descriptive and accurate description of what's happening on our school systems today. The greatest threat to religious liberty in America today, said former, former Attorney General Bill Barr, an increasingly militant and extreme secular progressive climate of our state-run education system. The article goes on to discuss even more. And then this, why is the Republican-run Indiana letting tax dollars fund critical race theory? Well, I don't want to just focus on just Indiana, although we could do that. There's definitely a lot we could talk about rhinos in Indiana. We could add to that by saying, why is is Republicans and school board members who know critical race theory is indoctrination of a ideology not standing up and stopping critical race theory from being shoved down the throats of our children? There's nothing more that drives me nuts and, and raises my blood pressure, Tricia, than the indoctrination of our children. This has been going on 
long enough, and it is time for parents to stand up. To yesterday in Virginia, today a, a video was released of parents in Virginia who were, well, a lot like me, pretty freaking sick and tired of what the hell they're doing in there and saying it's becoming child abuse. I wholeheartedly agree. Trisha, pontificate on critical race theory and the indoctrination of our children, please. Oh, absolutely. And I'm as angry as you are. As I mentioned, I have three children. I am hugely concerned about this indoctrination. And these are madrasas. Bill Barr was correct in that. And you're right in, in, in what you said so eloquently. And here's the issue. Uh, when we teach children to not only hate their country, but to hate themselves, because, you know, they're putting on labels uh, that are that are dividing our kids by color into those who are oppressed and those who are the oppressors. So that sets up a, a dynamic of hatred and division. So what is that going to do to uh, to not just our society, but to our children's self-esteem? That really is a switch that we do not want to flip on. But the radical left does. If they can get access to our children's minds and hearts and souls, then that's the final victory. Because you know, look at any Marxist in history that you want to uh, that you want, uh, and they're all going to say the same thing: get the children, get the next generation, own them, and then you own the world. So it's our duty, it's our responsibility and obligation as parents to stand up and put a circle of protection around our precious young children. These are babies. This is our next generation. The world is going to be in their hands. Do we want them to take the mantle of running the world in the next phase when we're gone? Do we want that mantle to be a mantle of American exceptionalism, of American individuality, of respecting each person, not according to their color, but according to their character? That's the lesson that we have to be teaching them. And we have to be teaching them that America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And that's a country that we can love, that we should love, and that we should embrace and bring those values forward. This is war. This is not negotiable. We as parents are saying no more, no longer, not on our watch. You are not having our country and you are certainly not having our precious children. Oh, man, if you were in front of a crowd. That was amazing. That was, Absolutely nailed that it. That was fire. Thank you. That I mean, I could not I could not have said that any better myself. Thank you for that. I mean, you're absolutely right. And, and the, the, the understanding of where we are at as a society is so important to get through to people. People don't want to accept that we've been infiltrated to a point where we're going to lose control of our country. And, and that discussion has to be had. I think a lot of people will get turned off by that, but it's got to be had. Joe, I know you had some comments and some, uh, some feedback from chat. Let me give you a moment here. Yeah. And uh, Trisha uh, was absolutely right. I mean, she nailed it. It's been first and foremost, we're at war. This is a complete infiltration instead of invasion um, in, in every aspect of our lives. And we, you know, we kind of talk about that in our opening, uh, <laughs> you know, everything is polluted, literally everything, but we're fighting and we're fighting every single day. And, you know, I see tons of great comments out there in chat um, about, and, and I know everybody that watches the show too, are, are they get involved Uh, They're not the kind of people that are just going to sit back and just watch. 
These are people that get involved and that's exactly what we need to do from the ground up. It's something that we discuss, you know, thoroughly on this show is any way that you can get involved, whether you have a microphone in front of your mouth or, or you're able to get out and help support uh, candidates like Trisha and, and others that are out there literally fighting this war uh, every single day is very important for our future generations. And that's why we fight every single day. Good stuff. Thank you all in chat for the comments and questions there in chat. Appreciate you very much. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you. God bless you, brother. I uh, appreciate you very much. And uh, I miss one. Edward also, thank you. God bless you, brother. Appreciate you very much. Uh, thank you for your support as well as uh, the gold pills out there in the chat. Thank you all for that as well. Appreciate you guys. Um, I mean, it's, you know, Joe, Joe talked about it as well. We had a caller yesterday, Tricia, who was, I mean, at the verge of tears and rightfully so about what's happening with our military. And, you know, this, this critical race theory thing is being shoved down the throats of not just, you know, the children from a very young age, uh, you know, as soon as they get into school, if not sooner, uh, this pre-education thing is even getting that far. It's going into pre-preschool. It's, it's, it's scary how, how much they're how young they're, they're they're shoving this stuff down the throats of our kids, and then they get them into co- into uh, the military where they're finally like, okay, finally I don't have to deal with that, and it's getting shoved down the throats of our military as well. It, it seems to be there's there's a there's a goal here that, in my opinion, seems very nefarious. Yes, in fact, uh, you know, uh, this is a very, very uncomfortable and delicate subject because it involves the, the intersection of sexuality in our children. But that's the goal. When you look at all of this sexually explicit curricula, and it, and it folds into the critical race theory because it's all Marxist in its, in its roots. But, you know, I testified uh, last year at the New Jersey Board of Education hearings, both as a candidate and as a mother. And uh, that was one of the most popular hearings they ever had at the NJBOE. They had to, they had to uh, separate it out between seven different hearing rooms. And my point was this, that there, were, there was material that was being passed around to the people in the audience so that they could see what was going to be potentially included in this sexually explicit curriculum. And they had to pass it around the room with a cover over the graphics because they were too offensive. And my point was this, this is curricula that's being proposed to be shown to five-year-olds, children as young as kindergartners, but yet it's too graphic to be passed around in a room of adults. This is pure insanity. And when you talk about this infiltrating from, you know, whether it be PBS that's now airing drag queen for kids, you know, uh, for the for the budding, uh, you know, drag queen, the inner drag queen of these children, which is disgusting and offensive on its face. And then when you translate that and see what is happening in our military from the top brass, they're pushing this uh, critical race theory and, you know, drag queen shows now. And they say that this is all about military preparedness. How in the world can they justify that? They make these sweeping statements, but they don't substantiate it with any kind of real evidence. And any rational human being knows that China's laughing at us, Russia's ready to pounce, Iran is licking their chops, and we're over here thinking about what kind of pronouns to use in the military. Uh, You know, if our national security wasn't already in such bad shape over these last few months that Biden has taken over, this is the final nail. When you have the top echelon of the military joint chiefs 
sanctioning and okaying this, we have not only lost our children to the explicit curriculum, but we've lost our military, our, our readiness and our preparedness. What's next? The police are being defunded. We are now on our own in no man's land. Now is the time, 2022 is our make or break moment. We've got to take our country back or look what's in front of us. Love it. And it's, uh, I mean, it's the understanding of why it's important, right? Because the the left will spin this and try to and try to guilt people into wanting to um, to go along with it. There are some generals, there are some people out there who are standing up for for against it and understand that that it actually is a threat. Joe's got a video of General Milley. Uh, is this is this a discussion about this topic, Joe? Exactly, exactly. It uh, it says breaking. Uh, well, here, let me just show you guys real quick, if you don't mind. It's a minute and fifty five seconds. Sure. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United Shut States? Shut the fuck up. I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago. And Joe, that's enough. I, I can't take it anymore. I do want to analyze it. It's important. Well, he says something about, uh, you know, the Capitol is the, is blames the Capitol riot on white rage. You know, what I, you know what I take offense to? I take offense to the assumption that white rage is a, a problem in our society when you have thousands of leftist white woke morons roboting into the street, destroying cities, trying to say that they're woke for a black community who doesn't even want them in their streets. Well, yeah, if uh, I'm, I'm trying to not, I'm trying to apply logic because it's so infuriating what General Milley said. Here's, here's part of my response. If General Milley wants to really understand what happened on January 6th at the Capitol, as he says that he does, then what he would do is he would look into the Antifa infiltration. He would look at the fact that John Sullivan, who was a known and self-admitted Antifa member, was part of the, the, um, the lead coalition that, uh, that mounted that uh, assault on the Capitol. What General Milley would do is he would look to Nancy Pelosi and ask her pointed questions as to why her own sergeant at arms refused to provide military backup that President Trump had requested in days prior. 
if General Milley wanted the answers, he would have a discussion with Nancy Pelosi as the mayor of the Capitol, as she was called by Devin Nunes. He would ask her these pointed questions and he would look into the alleged FBI involvement that Tucker Carlson has uncovered. If he really wants answers, he's looking in the wrong place. And when he talks about this white anger that he seems to say, it's like, who put this food in my mouth? Who put this white anger in me? He doesn't even know he has it, but he reads about it from Mao Zedong and Karl Marx and says, well, then it must be true. Well, that's the core of the problem, General Milley. If you're leading our military, you've got to get a better understanding of what this woke infiltration is doing. And you've got to step up because they're going to eat your lunch. And when I say they, I mean all of those bad actors that I previously mentioned, Iran, Iran, North Korea, uh, uh, you've got uh, Russia, you've got Putin, you've got Kim Jong-un, you've got Xi, President Xi of China. They're all looking at you, General Milley. And why are you sitting there twiddling your thumbs, wondering about a capital supposed insurrection when you yourself can demand the answers from the person who is responsible? Start with Nancy Pelosi. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Start with Nancy Pelosi. Find out what the conversation that she had with Chuck Schumer three days before the event. Find out why there are 13 co- uh, unindicted co-conspirators. Find out why there are still some in solitary confinement who are who did not cause any violence in the Capitol. Find out the truth. You want to know the truth? Find it out. But they don't want to know that. You know why? Because the military-industrial complex owns our country's generals. These are the same woke con- uh, companies that promote critical race theory in our schools, the same people that fund it, the same people that are trying to fund a globalist effort to create a one-world government. And why do they do that? Because, well, war makes money. And if, they, if, if they're if they a one-world government, they continue to create wars such as those in Yemen, in the Middle East, in Syria, in, in Libya, in all around the world. They can continue to destroy, destroy, destroy that's why the goal. That's why uh, um, General Milley is beholden to a to a narrative that makes zero sense whatsoever. Great stuff. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Just real quick, I, I just have one question. I wonder what his favorite Kool Aid flavor is. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just guessing. He drinks a lot Good of Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know I, I get that he has to testify in the public and say things a certain way. That's fine, but the but in the end, the policy. If you don't understand the policy and you're sitting in front of Congress, there's already a freaking problem there. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna start there. How about you inform yourself before you go in front of Congress? All right, I, I read books everywhere. I'm I'm very well read. Yeah, okay. Apparently, you don't know shit about this topic. Otherwise, you'd be standing up against it. All right, you ready to go into the to the meat locker here, uh, Trisha? I, I got to put you on the fire. You ready? All right. Trisha is it. nothing more than a conspiracy theorist who believes in the QAnon uh, pedophilia, satanic pedophilia conspiracy theory that that all uh, <laughs> I can't even do it that that uh, all Democrats are part of a satanic cabal that it, that uh, eats and destroys mm-hmm. children. The reason why I say this is because while right here it says so. Media Matters told me, obviously, that Trisha Flanagan is a Republican candidate running for in the New Jersey's 3rd District. She unsuccessfully ran for the Senate last year. But in April of 2020, she tweeted, Thank you, T-H-A-N-Q, in response to a QAnon account promoting her candidacy. We can't have that. The Q account said this, We are with you. Please carry on the fight. Bless you. The Great Awakening, where we go one, we go all worldwide. And Trisha just simply retweeted, thank you. God bless you. <gasps> Trisha, 
Oh my God! Okay, and how can I put you into the fire here? Um, let's see. How can I? How can I be? I have to dumb myself down here for a second, Trisha. Give me a second here. Hold on. Okay, you are a moron. You are get into Will. Get into Will Summers' character. That's all you need. You're good. You're good. Just so, go like Trisha, like here's the thing. Like here's the important part of what we, what is going on out here is there is a lot of media saying that these people are going to be violent and that they believe in crazy conspiracy theories and that they're basically they're, they're going to they're going to th- overthrow the US government if we don't get involved and you're promoting them. So tell me why you think you're qualified to run for Congress. That's the best I got. That's the best you got. Okay. That's the best you can do. <laughs> Fair enough. And you know, uh, you know, who knew that uh, that one letter of the alphabet could get uh, could you know come under such fire? And you know, uh, I if you look at my Twitter feed, I thank people who are kind to me, and I thank people who say encouraging things. And I don't know a lot about Q, but if there's something quippy and somebody has a Q in their in their Twitter handle, uh, I, I might you know throw them a, a little quip. In, in, in uh, you know, in a nod to them. Uh, you know, I've never really looked too much into what she was well, about. See, that's the problem. That's the problem right there. That's the problem. That means that yeah. you are not qualified to run for Congress. That means that you are, could potentially be violent yourself. What do you support what the QAnon movement has done in, in, with regards to the insurrection on the Capitol? So first of all, I would ask these Democrats to show me proof of who is responsible for a quote insurrection on the Capitol, because my understanding is that there is still an investigation underway. And the only people that I know of in terms of a name that's been put forth who have been arrested, I mentioned him a little bit ago, is John Sullivan. He's an Antifa member, self-proclaimed, self-confessed. He's on tape. Uh, sold his tape to CNN for $75,000. He was with uh, Jade X, I think it was. Between the two of them, they were filming how they broke into the Capitol and how they were leading part of what they call the insurrection. So I'm referencing FBI documents. There was also only one fatality, thank God. If you'd like to to reference FBI documents, there are FBI documents from Phoenix saying that the the QAnon movement is violent. There was a recent FBI document saying that there's there's worried that the FBI is worried that these QAnon people are going to become violent. If you want to talk uh, FBI documents, let's talk about those. Okay, well, last I checked, we don't, that's a conspiracy theory on the left then, because we don't uh, form final opinions based on innuendo and what ifs and, and uh, you know, possibilities. So uh, what I would say is, has the FBI found who is Q? If they know, then they probably should tell us. And, you know, this is a movement that, again, I, I don't know the, the Q entity. I'm not sure what it is. But what I do know is that there are questions that are being asked and there is light being shown on certain issues that some of the people in America, we the people, want to ask. So whether it be Q or X or Y or ABC, I don't care what letter is assigned to it. What I care about is the truth. And if all of these people are going to spin a conspiracy theory on the left that there is violence attached to it, then where is the violence? One death is far too many. But on January 6th, the one death was a woman named Ashley Babbitt. And the authorities, the Department of Justice and the FBI will not release the name of the person. Oh no! Don't don't cut out now. Person who shot her to death. So when we add up all the pieces of evidence, they add up that no one really can define. Oh my God! Absolutely freaking nailed it, Trisha. Absolutely <laughs> I, I, nailed I, I, it. I can't even continue with the with the meat locker anymore because I already know. <laughs> That if they try putting you in the meat locker, you got words. You got you. You're ready. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I would. Uh, I would. Uh, I would say, Mr. Tapper, 
if you get a chance to talk to Jake Tapper. Uh, Mr. Tapper, can we talk about these 12 unindicted co-conspirators, and can we talk about why these people are still in solitary confinement? People want to answer those important questions, right? Yeah, I don't want those. So this is why I want to talk to you, because I want to give you the opportunity to – I mean, obviously, I can't do it the way they're going to do it because they're going to stop you from talking every three, three seconds. They're going to keep cutting you off. They're going to keep cutting you off. So I just want to give you a, a what, what I would consider to be a friendly atmosphere to test you on that. So I appreciate you for that. <laughs> Everybody. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's good to good to get a little, you know, a little practice in the ring. So thank you. Everybody in chat is putting up flames across the chat. That's all you see right now is a bunch of flames. So you're on fire, Trisha. Way to go. Awesome. Let's transition to this topic straight from that one. <laughs> in case our in case our media matter meatheads are listening. That loudmouth troublemaker is an FBI snitch. This comes from a loudmouth himself, Kurt Schlitter, but nonetheless, it's worth spending a little bit of time. Back in the day, let's see, I'm not going to go all the way here. Let me start with just the summary. An FBI agent, Kuj Tim Siddiqu, admitted last week in a trial that federal agents, these same FBI that everyone seems to trust uh, inherently and doesn't realize that there's more going on here, this is what they're capable of. Federal agents accused, falsely accused, a former University of Ten, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, I don't know, UTK associate professor, uh, Dr. An Ming Hu, of being a Chinese spy. Okay, well, that's, you know, considering everything that's going on out there, that's, that's, a, and that's nothing shocking, right? Falsely implicated him as an operative for the Chinese military in meetings with Hu's bosses, used false information to put Hu on the federal no-fly list, spurred U.S. Customs agents to seize Hu's computer and phone and spread word throughout the international research community that Hu was poison, used false information to justify putting a team of agents to spy on Hu and his son, a freshman at UTK for nearly two years, and his son, used false information to press Hu to become a spy for the U.S. government. If we want to talk about the FBI can we have an honest discussion about the weaponization of the FBI labeling patriots and anyone who doesn't fall into the mold of the Marxist ideology, domestic terrorist? Trisha, our FBI and three-letter agencies are, have been weaponized against the U.S. public. Change my mind. Well, uh, I can't change your mind because I think that you're right. And and I think that we have to – let's look for evidentiary support for that, right? Because I like to – you know, I like to prove whatever – I say, and I never say anything without having uh, evidentiary support for it. If I make a statement, you can take it to the bank that I've got the receipts to back it up. And so let's look at this in a comprehensive way. Why would, let's start with a question. Why would that be going on? Why would the FBI not be disclosing this when it's clearly being extolled that they're involved in all of these conspiracies of their own? What have they been involved with when it comes to national security breaches? What were they involved with when it came to the Steele dossier? Uh, all those three-letter agencies, along with the Democrat Party and Hillary Clinton, we can start clawing back all the way to Barack Obama. We, you know, It all rests on this concept of the deep state, 
right? And so, you know, during Obama's presidency, uh, the left was saying, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. But then scroll forward, former Congressman Jason Chavez wrote the book about the deep state. It's now acknowledged as a thing, widely, uh, widely understood, at least in Congress and, and you know, throughout, uh, you know, the understanding of the American people. So to your point, where does the deep state end and the FBI begin or vice versa? Or I'll pose the question, are they one in the same? Well, what's the evidence for that? Well, we have some of Comey's admissions under oath when he testified in front of Congress. We have the Mueller report that, uh, that talks about the, the Strzok and the uh, Lisa Page uh, 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 collusion. Uh, they were the only ones that were colluding and they were trying to frame President Trump. This all folds into what's happening now with the lack of information that the FBI is putting out and with their attack on conservatives. It started with the Obama administration attacked by the IRS on conservatives and conservative journalists and, uh, and uh, 501c3s that were supporting the conservative cause. Now, what do we have? We have the FBI and the CIA and military in some cases uh, talking about going after rooting out the conservative causes in all of these places in America. I see a common thread there. And I think that we can claw it all the way back to Barack Obama, if the Durham report ever comes out, the Horowitz IG report already brought out some of this. It didn't get a lot of play in the headlines. I've posted a lot of that on Twitter back when it happened. Great point. It, what we have to do is pressure on, uh, on um, Durham to get that report out. If that can happen, then I think we will start to see an unraveling of all of these narratives that the FBI and the military are putting together against conservatives. Yeah, I'll take a press conference with the rest, too. Joe, I'll keep dreaming. Joe, comments, questions uh, from chat? Yeah, I got a question. You you had mentioned uh, some uh, military uh, in your family, and um, th- there's some questions out there about uh, Charles General Charles Flynn uh, uh, being in charge of, uh, well, he's in charge of the Navy, but I think he's also in charge of what's it, what's that the Indo uh, Pacific. Yeah, no, not, not the Navy. Just he's, uh, he got, he got relocated to, uh, Pacific HQ basically. Yeah. And I guess my question was, is with all of this crap going on in the military, I mean, we, obviously there's still some good people left in the military, um, do, do you see or foresee anything changing? Um, do you think this is all coming to a head with everything else with the critical race theory and everything else? Or do you feel like this is going to continue on this way? I guess is kind of my question there. Yeah, and it's an excellent question, and I think a lot of uh, how we move forward as a country depends on it. And I think that the way we can change it is to make that critical change in 2022. We have to gain back the GOP majority, and we have to take that speaker's gavel out of Nancy Pelosi's hands. We have to win back with true, strong conservatives, because I'll tell you what we can do when we when we accomplish that. We can start to hold congressional hearings. Congress has subpoena power. We can start, uh, you know, unraveling this whole story. Look at what the Democrats did when they were in control and what they did to President Trump. Two impeachments, you know, everything from Russia to Ukraine. The reason they were able to do that is because they had the majority and they had the might and unified uh, mind behind what they wanted to do. We can do the same thing. So for the next year and a half, 
we're in real tough territory when it comes to Lloyd Austin and General Milley being part of this uh, you know, military response. They're going to push this agenda at every chance they get. And they have a complicit Congress and they have a complicit executive branch with both Kamala Harris and Joe Biden at the helm. And let's face it, it's probably gonna be just Kamala Harris soon. That's another issue. Damn. But the point is that for the next year and a half, we're in very, very difficult waters, but the light at the end of the tunnel is getting behind true conservatives, getting us in office in 2022 to take that oath in, in, in the January of the next year. And then you are going to start to see a very, very different landscape when it comes to everything from budget to military assignments to the Joint Chiefs of Staff and will we'll literally neuter Joe Biden halfway through that presidency. Well, I feel like in the four years that Trump was in, he, he, he did so much good, you know, even in the military. I mean, if you look at, you know, even Wikipedia, you can look at firings. I mean, he literally drained so much of it. How much of it is getting re-put back in there now that the so-called resident Biden is in there? I mean, is this getting filled back in again? Or because if you look at yesterday, um, they didn't, they didn't do too well. Uh, it wasn't in Congress, um, you know, and, and it feels like there's still a lot of things that I guess what I'm trying to say is it still feels like there's a lot of things that Trump did that are, even though he's not in office, are still affecting what they are able to do. When I say they, I mean, Democrats, it feels like they're not able to get a lot done. So in some aspects, I'm still kind of very hopeful that, you know, if we get 2022, that the sky is literally the limit there. So I'm super excited for that. Yes, yes. And, you know, we had great news yesterday that uh, S1, which was HR1, that got defeated. It was a 50-50 vote, uh, vote. And uh, we still have the filibuster. That's our saving grace in the Senate. And as long as we have the filibuster, we can push back. Uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be enough support for removing the filibuster right now, but all the more reason that that, you know, the play between now and when we can get the true majority back, that that's that's mission critical. But when you talk about the military situation, uh, since these uh, since these leaders are already in place, especially Lloyd Austin, especially um, you know the uh, the admiral that gave the testimony in Congress the other day about um, you know uh, Abraham Kendi's book, uh, putting putting this woke agenda on uh, you know being served up to the military on on a platter. That's that's what can't change until we get a change of at least Congress and then hopefully another administration. But, um, you know, but I think that, yeah, it, you know, they've got a slim, the Democrats have a slim five seat majority in the House. That's how they can pedal through this, uh, this agenda that they've been uh, handing over to the Senate. But because we still have that filibuster power, we're okay for now. And, uh, you know, it just, it puts, it well, puts the sights on 2022 uh, all the, the more important. Here's the truth. Um, ACLJ, uh, which I'm sure most of you guys out there know, uh, Secretary Pompeo and the Seculos are up. All right, looks like we're good to go. Uh, everyone hit that refresh button. Obviously over the target again. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. It only happens when we're in the middle of a great discussion with an important guest. So you figure it out. Um, it's not a coincidence, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That shit was fire. I'm just saying. Sorry, yeah, go it's ahead. It's been happening over and over. All right, where we left off, and I still have a lot more topics, so we're going to delay calls a little bit, guys. So if you want to drop and call back, um, give me – I need a, probably another 15, 20 minutes with Tricia because, trust me, you guys want to hear this. Um, what I was reading in the topic that we were discussing 
was SR1 and the disaster that it is as they're trying to sell it. The left lost the vote. As you guys know, ACLJ and Secretary Pompeo are, work, are working together, ACLJ being seculos, to, to try to affect policy as best they can. It's a socialist wish, wish list, says Secretary Pompeo. Well, the version failed, even though they made a deal with Senator Manchin, the vote failed, but now Schumer wants to eliminate the filibuster. So, yes, they are going to try to eliminate the filibuster just so they can shove H.R. 1, S. 1 down our throats. It's it's this is not over. We need to be very loud and very, very vocal with the Senate to make sure that we make them understand this cannot pass. Uh, any yeah. thoughts on that, uh, uh, Tricia, before I move on? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, H.R. Uh, 1, which became uh, Senate Bill 1, uh, that was defeated yesterday by, uh, you know, a 50-50 margin. But you're right. They're going to come back at it. Now they're after the filibuster. But the, the problem with that bill, uh, there are so many things wrong with it. But what it did, what it would have codified all of the things that were wrong with the 2020 election. So everything from, you know, mass mailing of, um, um, you know, mail-in votes, uh, ballots, to uh, federalizing the elections, which is unconstitutional. And I'm certain there would be a Supreme Court challenge if that legislation ever passed. But as you know, the wheels of justice move slowly. And think of how much damage could be done by federalizing the election on the scale and allowing the Democrats to take the liberties with all of the voters fraud, the dead people voting, the mass mailing. Uh, you know, everyone knows that mail-in ballots are ripe for fraud. That's how they were able to do the things in Arizona and, uh, you know, Maricopa County there in Fulton County, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, all of the uh, audit issues that we're seeing now were a result of everything that was wrong with the 2020 election. And H.R. 1 is what the Democrats want to do to codify election fraud. We were victorious this time, but they're going to come at it again. And that's what we have to brace for. The filibuster is the only thing saving us right now. Uh, great stuff, as always. I want to continue to talk on this after the top of the hour here on two topics. Number one, you touched several times on the voter fraud uh, discussion. Um, a freight train of state delegations are coming Friday to the Arizona Audit Center, that's right, nine states are going to visit the Audit Center with only one pallet left to count. I know you have been extremely and she vocal. she just got booted. <sighs> Unreal. I'm pretty sure it's Zoom, dude. I know, she, I know you, she's been extremely vocal right. in what's been going on, so um, we'll see if she comes back. I know she's been extremely vocal on, on, um, on that, so I want to I find out. Oh, Joe, this just drives me freaking nuts, dude, every time, dude. Every I know time. it never fails. She's back. All right, she ain't gonna stop. Guarantee you that. Um, yeah, just hit your unmute there in the bottom uh, left, Trisha, uh, on your microphone. And oh. how's that? That's good. Sorry about that. They really, I, I don't know what that was, but more of it. I'm gonna pull your laptop out of here for now, since this seems to be working in here fine. Maybe that'll help some. Okay. okay. Um, I know you've been extremely vocal on the audits and what's happening. And what I was saying was, is the freight train of state delegations are coming Friday to the Arizona Audit Center. Nine states will vi will visit to see uh, what they had going on in the Arizona audit. And nine states are going to visit to see how they did it and things like that. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, um, ugh, election integrity. This is always such a pain in the ass. Election integrity. And then, of course, I have to pick your brain 
on the the coronavirus vaccine and a discussion we talked about before we went live. We'll get to that after the top of the hour. First, I got to pay some bills. Let me play. Uh, let me let's see. Let's go with delete the elite again. Um, and then we'll put, we'll get back to the normal rise of tire advertisement once the website's back up. So let me show you uh, the advertisement, and then we'll get to uh, let's come right back with uh, continued discussion, and then we'll get your get to your guys' calls. Stand by. Messages to reject the message. No need for their hidden agendas realized by subversion, or extremist vendettas that target the free. Our weapons are truth that prove highly effective with an impact surpassed only by the span of their reach. The powers that hope to control us will feed on those lost in philosophies devoid of all meaning. Don't be enticed by the divisive self-righteous who deal in deception, suppression, and greed. Flee from the nation of mindless who preach what's been forced down their throat by their peers and their teachers. Run from the depraved, guilty of treason whose roads have been paved by the tricks of their sleeves. When it's real, you can feel it. It appeals to your senses, whether dull or intense, most will tend to agree. We won't leave the blinded behind. We'll shoulder wounded soldiers till it's over, then we'll train them to see. The truth is the future. This beautiful movement makes the gatekeepers useless and their lies obsolete. With fury, we'll fight. By the glory of God, will delete the elite and release all their secrets. By the glory of God, Amen. RiseAttireUSA.com is the official show sponsor of Brothers Uncensored and UncensoredAbe.com. Without them, we could not be bringing you guys content. We appreciate Rise Attire very much, and as you guys know, well, they don't shut down the mouth, or they can't shut down the mouth, so they go after the advertiser. Rise Attire has been defunded, and they are working on basically creating a whole new store of merchandise that they had, uh, you know, going. And without your guys' help, that link there in the chat, RiseAttireUSA.com, GoFundMe, we, they could not get back on air uh, so get, or get back online, and they couldn't sponsor us and others. They're going to continue to go after sponsors like that. That's their tactic. We just got to lift them up and do what we can. All right, Trisha, I want to get straight into to, uh, the Arizona audit and uh, the work that you've done uh, to raise awareness in New Jersey and really everywhere. Let's start with that, and then I want to get into some theoretical discussions about what could be coming and kind of not predict the future, but say let's get an idea of maybe uh, with a constitutional mind what could come and what could happen. Let's start with the election fraud that we believe is not just prevalent in these five, six, nine states, probably nationwide, more, more than likely nationwide. That includes New Jersey. Several close races in New Jersey over the past have been manipulated by uh, by voter fraud. Let's be frank. Uh, the, the election system in New Jersey is no, is no better than anywhere else. What have you seen locally with your elections? Do you think that there's a reason that your Senate and your legislature should uh, you know, push for fraud investigations? And what, can, what have you done on your front to try to raise awareness? Yeah, uh, these are excellent questions. And this is the crux of what we have to do to fix our election system. So what I've been doing in New Jersey, it's tougher in New Jersey because, number one, uh, we're not on the national uh, radar because we're not really a swing state. Uh, in spite of the fact that the data shows that New Jersey is actually conservative at its core, legislatively we're blue. So we kind of get written off. But what I've been doing in New Jersey is I've launched uh, something called Operation Eagle Eye. So that's not just doing a uh, retrospective look at what happened in the 2020 election. It's actually putting in place the mechanics for making sure that we almost, I would call it like a preemptive audit for all upcoming elections. So think of it this way. The reason we, uh, we're I'm calling it Operation Eagle Eye is we're putting an eye on every digital ballot. 
We all saw in the news how Republican poll watchers were excluded from a lot of the swing uh, districts that were counting votes. But even if you're right there sitting next to someone, because most vote, most ballots are digitalized, you can't get in, you can't crawl into the machine. So what my digital analysis does, Operation Eagle Eye, will be a preemptive audit whenever a vote is, uh, is cast, whether it be electronically or scanned in as a provisional written ballot, it creates a digital image and we're getting eyes on it that are in that digital sphere to preemptively have both Republicans and Democrats and an independent auditor look at it and, uh, and you know, do it right up front. Because see, the problem with what happened in 2020 is the fraud was already accomplished. Then we had to go to the courts, which were useless. We had to retrospectively try to get all the evidence. We had to try to get the genie back in the bottle. Now we're ready for it in 2022. So in New Jersey, sadly, we have a fully democratic legislature. They're not going to listen. But what I'm doing is I'm going right to the Secretary of State. We're trying to do, we're trying to uh, have some uh, legal suits filed, uh, FOIA requests. That's a slow process, however. But we're, we're, we're looking ahead and in, in retrospect. But on the national picture, I was honored to talk to Colonel Philip Waldron uh, uh, about a week and a half ago. And great man, about great man. Thank you for mentioning his name. I, I have a ton of respect for him. And he, you know, those are the ones that, I, that know. He knows the truth about what happened. He can tell us flat out. I would love to have the opportunity to talk to, to Colonel Waldron, but tell us what your conversation was. Yeah, it was phenomenal. So he's doing, as you know, he's he's has a Herculean task, and he's working with all of the powers that be to solve these issues. He said he's working in eight states right now. So that's uh, Guam, you know, Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania. He's also doing something in North Carolina. Uh, he's working in New Mexico and uh, New Hampshire. And so, uh, you know, we have the five key swing states and Arizona is front and center in that because of the gold standard that they're providing in this audit. We know that they're onto something because everybody from, uh, you know, the Democrats in, in neighboring states to the Department of Justice. Merrick Garland has already said he's going to break constitutional rules to try to intervene. He won't be able to. Dr. Kelly Ward is steering that ship and she is made of steel. Uh, it won't happen, but it shows you just how petrified they are. This audit's going to be wrapping up in the next several weeks, and I think it's going to be eye-opening. And I'll pivot quickly to the data that I've already seen and that we already know uh, statistical analyses that have been done where, you know, uh, you know, I, I have a background in statistics. Uh, you know, when you have statistical impossibilities and when you have votes moving from President Trump to, to Joe Biden in exact numbers, you know, tallies never go backward. They only go forward. Uh, we have so much evidence right now that the courts refused to hear. And that's the other that's the other thing that I want to uh, push back on the Democrats about. Their narrative is that the courts have said it didn't happen. That's not true. Not a single court has heard this evidence, including the Supreme Court. But we're going to reach a point, a tipping point, when enough evidence comes out, they are going to be forced to look at it because it will be so overwhelming. I don't know for sure, but I've gotten tidbits of information that I see the writing on the wall, and we've got a powerful punch that I think we're getting ready to pack from this Arizona yeah. Absolute fire. We had a caller last week that tried to tell me that uh, the courts have ruled and, and that's just the narrative that the media pushes and they just puppet it without actually looking into it. It's really a lazy intellectual lack of lazy intellectual thinking, which is prevalent among radical leftists. Um, <laughs> I move on. Uh, thank you. First of all, 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of us grassroots activists who have been fighting for this, do not, please, 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 do not allow the media Democrats rhinos to define 2020 as in the past. This cannot be allowed to just be put into the history books and then washed away for the for the history books and then it's nothing ever comes from it. It must stay front and center in the minds of everybody that's running for office and we must get answers. Why don't people want answers? Mark Paquita asked the question yesterday. Why are they trying to stop it? What do they have to hide? Exactly. And and I think that there are some solid legal arguments moving forward that we can make. My attitude is at least make the argument. I know that Jenna Ellis has come out and said that, you know, once the election was certified in Congress, that it's a done deal. But I don't think that's true. And, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I'll reference even Alan Dershowitz, who, you know, he may not be our favorite. He's actually a Democrat. He was on President Trump's impeachment legal team, but he also is a brilliant attorney. Whether we agree with him on his politics or not, he makes the legal argument that there's no expiration date on fraud. And what I'll do is I will pivot to the Supreme Court ruling that set the precedence for all fraud cases, and that's United States versus Throckmorton. That was a precedent. Can you say that, that again, they- please? Sure. It's United States versus Throckmorton. T-H-R-R-O-T-H, Morton? Uh, it's it's T-H-R-O-C-K-M-O-R-T-O-N. Okay. I, I'm, a, I'm an amateur legal yeah. scholar, so I need, to, I need to read that case. Go ahead. <laughs> it's eye-opening and it's fascinating. And it really set the precedence for all fraud. It didn't specifically address elections, but it didn't specifically rule it out either. And there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a phrase in that decision that really is a tipping point, I think, and that is that fraud vitiates everything. And when you apply that to anything from a contract, to an agreement, to an election, if there is fraud, it becomes null and void in its entirety. And so, uh, you know, as we move forward, you know, we can we can say, what if? What if? all of these claims are further substantiated. And what if all of those cases that weren't denied on merit, but just were denied because of lack of standing or the judge just didn't want to hear the case, what if all of that comes to a head and there's definitive proof of fraud? Now, yes, indeed, Congress did certify the election result, the certified the electors on January 6th. But let's also not forget that seven states sent dueling slates of electors. And so, Arizona included, uh, they put a placeholder in for uh, contended uh, electors. And so while there were a set of electors that were, uh, that were um, certified, if they were fraudulently certified, at least ask the question, doesn't hurt to ask, at least pose the legal argument and bring it in its entirety to courts, start in the lower courts, go all the way up to the Supreme Court. Let's start making the argument that that evidence has to be evaluated. And I think based on that Supreme Court precedence, like I mentioned, United States versus Throckmorton, that fraud vitiates everything. We have a legal place to start. We're in uncharted legal territory, but we can't leave all that evidence on the table. We have to make the argument and it starts now. Thank you. It's the same question I ask. Why not just go down the road and see what happens? Let's see. Let's see the evidence 
And if the if the legislature of Arizona says there is more than enough fraud to to either call for a new election or go back to the second set of uh, of electors and decertify the vote, what then happens if other states follow suit and all you need is four states? Four states to decertify the vote. We have four states that have Republican-held legislatures that are aggressively going after the fraud. So what happens? What what could happen? Could it happen that the evidence comes out and the Arizona legislature holds an emergency hearing or an emergency session and says, we're decertifying the, the presidential vote? Do you think that is a possibility and are you aware of legal precedent or uh, roadblocks to legality of that? Yeah, so that's an excellent question, and that's where we have to start. And let's not forget that every time there's a new precedent, it's a it's a precedent because exactly that, that it's new. It's never been done before. So there are plenty of precedents that can be set from this election. It depends on how we proceed. And so we have to remember that Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution gives all power to certify electors to the individual state legislatures. And we have at least five possibly eight, as uh, Colonel Waldron is looking into. We have all of these questions. And now as the evidence begins to roll in, that's what we're going to need to fortify and substantiate those claims. So we we start this, we start paving this legal road now. I know that there are legal minds on it. There are uh, briefs being prepared. And we're just waiting to fill in the blanks with the actual evidence that will come from the audit. But the mere fact that the Democrats say, don't do it, this is invalid. You can't ask these questions. That tells you right there that they're afraid of something. And so to your question of what can they do to place legal hurdles in the way, they can try. Merrick Garland at the DOJ is already starting that motion. However, what he's doing is supremely unconstitutional. And there are lawyers on our side who are already starting to make that claim. This is going to be a legal battle, but we can't stand down. We have to go forward. And I think the evidence is going to be the pivotal point where we make that determination. Please, Patriots, tell friends, tell family, be loud, be heard. What are they afraid? What are they afraid of? Just ask the question. What are they afraid of? Why can't we just make sure that our election is certified? And if there is any kind of evidence of improprietary, proprietary, then let's find out and let's let the system work. The last question, last topic, and I have three very patient callers already waiting. We probably have at least three more waiting for me to put the official call-in time up. But I, I, I have to pick your brain on this, obviously. It is your background. Confidential documents. Now, listen to me. First of all, fam, this source, I have no idea. All right? So I, I, don't, I don't trust this source. I don't, I'm not telling you this source is valid. All I'm giving you is the information. Do your own research and make sure you can look more into this on your own. But the Daily Expose. Confidential documents reveal Moderna, Moderna, yeah, sent mRNA coronavirus vaccine candidate to university researchers weeks before the emergence of COVID-19, a confidentiality agreement shows potential coronavirus vaccine candidates were transferred from Moderna to the University of North Carolina in 2019, exactly 19 days prior to the emergence of the alleged coronavirus 19 vaccine, uh, alleged COVID-19 causing virus in Wuhan. Okay, so there we go. Uh, the confidential agreement can be viewed here, states that uh, providers, 
Moderna, alongside the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, agreed to transfer mRNA coronavirus vaccine candidates developed and jointly owned by NIAID and Moderna recipients to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill on 12 December 2019. There is the document right there. There is the signature page, Ralph Barrick and Jacqueline Quay, Director of Licensing and Innovation and Support and a professor. Uh, so Ralph Barrick, B-A-R-I-C, Ph.D., Professor of North Carolina University, and Jacqueline Jacqueline Quay, Q-U-A-Y, Director of Licensing and Innovation Support. Um, gee, I wonder if this went through the, the, the channels of making sure that it got uh, you know all the right signatures on it. There's more signatures there. Deputy General Counsel Sean Ryan. Uh, let's see here. NAID Brittany Graham. Uh, Barney Graham. Barney. Always got to have a Barney in there. Uh, Barney Fife also approving this. So <laughs> um, in, the, <laughs> in the end... The reason why I'm bringing this to your attention is not because I have vetted this information and, and want to present it to you as factual information. It is because, well, you have inside information about these type of things and what happens at the pharmaceutical level because, well, you worked with pharmaceutical level and, 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 and very in-depth in your career. So, in general, I want to pick your, pick your mind on that topic, number one, and then follow this more into the testing. If we can talk about the testing, the two different types of COVID tests, because I think that's an important topic, and then we can move a little bit more into more of this discussion of COVID. But thoughts in general about that uh, that topic as, as we uh, move into this. Sure. Okay, so let's look at what we know. Uh, that information, let's unpack that a little bit. So let's remember that the NIAID, that is an entity that Dr. Fauci is intimately connected with, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. It's a partner to the NIH. And Dr. Tony Fauci is part and parcel of both. Now, let's also look at the coronavirus that you mentioned and where the gain of function research was being done. It was being done in the Wuhan laboratories. And we already have uh, video evidence that, you know, they said that there were not bats. And, and now we know there were, they were actually going to the caves, bringing them back to the lab and they were isolating this virus. And they were doing even worse than that. They were doing what we've all heard now is gain of function research. So their ostensive, uh, their, their, their ostensive um, uh, explanation is that they were doing that for the good of humanity, that they were trying to get ahead of the next virus that was going to hit humanity and get a vaccine like you just talked about. So it's not surprising that they had the patent for the vaccine because they were doing the gain of function research that the vaccine was for. So it's like the chicken and the egg, which came first. <laughs> now, right, you know, and, and, and keep in mind that T Dr. Tony Fauci is at the, the base of all of this. Okay, so now when you mention that lab in North Carolina, that's one of the, the oh, that's one of uh, the only other places in the world that this gain of function research was being done. And there is evidence to suggest now that that laboratory was working in cooperation with the Wuhan lab. So when we look at, uh, let's go all the way, way back to 2013, under the Obama administration, even this was even too uh, crazy for their blood, they stopped funding for gain of function research. But it looks like evidence is coming out now that Tony Fauci was instrumental in going behind President Trump's back to get this funding reignited. And when you look again at the North Carolina connection to the Wuhan lab, the common denominator 
doctor is Dr. Tony Fauci. And it's not surprising that the patents were being developed for a vaccine that would prevent a virus uh, you know, that was unleashed on the world by China. And it just so happened, again, chicken or the egg, did they develop the, uh, the killer virus? Or did they, you know, did they, did they not see it coming? Or, you know, we don't know, a lot of or and ands and questions. But the bottom line is all of this gain of function research was going on under the radar of the Trump administration and the fault and the responsibility lies squarely on Dr. Fauci. We've got a lot of questions and I can't wait to get to Congress to put him in the hot seat. Amen to that. Sphinx says I pay 20 bucks to vaccinate Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. And yeah, several. I, good question. Did he take? Say that again. Sorry. That's a good question. Did he take his own vaccine? Yeah, right. we don't know. Maybe for the camera. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I need to get these cars. I'm sorry, guys. I know you guys have been waiting. Um, but I don't get an opportunity to talk to somebody who just I'm fascinated with as, as often as this. So give me a give me give me a little bit of time to to fangboy uh, Trisha here while I have her. Um. I was down in Florida. My dad's my dad's dying basically from from Agent Orange, and they don't care. They're just letting him die. Um, that's the truth of the matter. And in the end, when I went down there, he had to get surgeries and stuff like that done, and he had to get a coronavirus test for every time he had to go have surgery. Right. Well, I talked to the uh, local uh, county commissioner, or county health advisor, whatever the hell, and they said, "Well, we have two different kind of tests, and the and the that that specific facility wants a certain kind of test because that test is actually effective. The tests that we are giving out to the public, we're finding about fifty percent effective rate. They'll come back and get it the next week, and they'll, they'll show they have it. They'll come back the week after, show they never had it. There isn't actually any testing that is done through that deep throat swab that actually tests for the antibody." Anybody who has a brain in their head understands that you test, if somebody had a virus, you test for the antibody. Can you please inform and educated Media Matters meatheads and the rest of the public on why this is important? Yeah, it's critically important. And uh, I'll go, uh, let me start out with a quote by, uh, a, a faulty quote by Dr. Deborah Burks. We all remember her. Where is she now, right? Paging Dr. Burks, because I think she's got a lot of answering to do. But she she made a statement on one of her uh, news broadcasts that uh, you can only get uh, immunity, true immunity from a vaccine. Well, now look, I taught immunology at Brown. Uh, I spent years in, uh, in uh, immunology. And I can tell you for a fact that not only is that statement not true, but you actually get better and hardier immunity from having the disease. Now, that doesn't mean we want to expose everyone to it. But what it does suggest is that to your exact point, it's really important to check the immunity levels. They're called titers. You can easily check them. It's a blood test. Now, there are two different types of immune responses. There's the immediate B-cell response. You've probably heard about those. That's your, you know, they, they attack the immediate invader. Uh, but then there's a deeper level of immunity that resides in something called T-cells. They're T-memory cells. And that can confer lifetime immunity. And we already know that if you have that kind of immunity, you do not need a vaccine on top of that. And in fact, some of the studies show that, you know, some say that the vaccine will then give you super immunity, but some studies suggest that you can actually have uh, uh, side effects in, in greater uh, in greater response if you already have had the disease. So it's really important medical information to check your titers. Now, why don't we use that as a standard of care now? Well, I think the bottom line is that it's too expensive. 
It's very expensive. It's more expensive to do the blood test and check titers, check your, uh, your T cell immunity than it is to just do a swab. Uh, the PCR test is kind of the standard, but it can be wildly off. It can give erroneous data. Some say that there's up to 50% false positives or false negatives. So it's really up to us as, uh, as patients, as citizens, to take to command our own healthcare. Uh, I, we can talk at some point about my American healthcare restoration plan, what I'm proposing as a fix and a replacement for Obamacare. In that package, it's all about Americans taking back their choice, taking back decisions away from government, away from insurance companies, and putting uh, healthcare back into our own hands, increasing access to quality and therapeutics. Uh, that's all in my package. But to this immediate issue of COVID, it's critically important that we know the whole story. Remember the Hippocratic Oath is first do no harm. And what my fear and concern is, is that we are allowing this vaccine and all of the COVID issues to be weaponized by a liberal government that has nothing but uh, their own interests in mind at the expense of the American people. You no, know, that's so important. It's so important that somebody says that. God bless you for saying it. Because they are weaponizing this vaccine against us. They used it to doctor an election. I mean, it's Drives me nuts, man. But listen, something you said there is the most important thing I've heard anybody say to me in the last five years, and that is this. You understand the bigger picture of big pharma and healthcare and the problems therein. Your plan is a is a insider-informed solutions-based idea of how to solve these problems. That right there is why you're a threat to the establishment and why they will attack you and destroy you every chance they get. And that also right there is why I am going to do everything in my power to get you in power because we need you. We need your knowledge and your voice and your ability to, fi to fix these policies and know from the, the get out right what the issue is and ad address the issue head on. With, you're, you're a threat to them and you're going to – they're going to come after you, and I'm just, man, I hope I, I hope that your family is ready for what's coming, Tricia. <laughs> well, you, you know what? First, I have to thank you because I'm with you all the way. I will not stop fighting for us. This has to be done. It, uh, the survival of our country and our freedoms are at stake, and I put my whole faith and trust in our Lord. Uh, Jesus will protect me. He has never let me down. He never will. He, he, he has his arms around all of us who believe. And this is his mission. And when we put our faith and our trust in him, it's all up to him. He pays for what he orders and he protects what his plan will provide. So uh, I'm all in. And uh, when he is with us, we can accomplish anything. Amen. God bless you for that. Amen. Um, our uh, our constitutional my my amateur uh, let's see what's the word I want to say here my amateur constitutional scholar friend who I have been bouncing ideas off of online without knowing for probably ten years has joined us here today Glenn I apologize for cutting you off yesterday you got to understand I'm I I, oh, I got to keep it I, I got to keep it I moving. understand Abe and I understand so, so like here's what I'll do Glenn I will give you the four three questions for Tricia go ahead okay. Uh, good morning. Uh, good evening, uh, Ms. Flanagan. Uh, I'm over in the fourth, so I can't vote for you, but I can chill for you a little bit. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question I ask every politician I come across, and I don't expect you to have the answer. I really don't, because it's one that I uh, dug through the Constitution to find. Okay, 
If you're elected, according to the 14th Amendment, who would you be representing? So according to the 14th Amendment, as I understand it, I would be representing not just the constituents of my district, but the interests of New Jersey as a whole and also uh, solutions for all America, because the United States congressional seat that I intend to represent is this uh, this delicate balance between the 10th Amendment, really, and the 14th Amendment and the rest of the Constitution. So there are states' rights that cannot ascend beyond the overarching American Constitution. So my fight and my challenge is to make sure that I win, obviously, for my constituents in CD3, but also provide solutions at that juncture for all America. Okay, obviously, I phrased that wrong for what I should have said. Okay, uh, what I'm going to say to you, you're going to look up for yourself and verify it for yourself. Uh, just something to look up at. Actually, according to the 14th, you're only going to be uh, representing males over 21. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> May I ask for clarification, sir? I like, okay. I, I like Trisha's answer much better. I, think, I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I didn't ask it right, but according to the 14th Amendment, you, uh, it says males over 21 is who you're representing. Everybody else, you can vote, they can vote for you and everything else, but you're only supposed to be representing males over 21. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Trisha will be, will be uh, taking that to heart considering the other amendments well, to the Constitution well, we've I, had. <laughs> I understand that, but it's something she can look up later. Now, mind you, the like, 19th I th- I think and we the had 20- a constitutional solution for that problem, actually, Glenn, if, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the left has other solutions. They want the blended gender, so we won't even go there because there's right. We won't go there, but actually, yeah. the 19th and the 21st do not modify the 14th, except for allowing women and uh, 18 and up to vote. It does not give them representation. <laughs> I'll let you look that one up. Hmm. I will. It's an interesting. Yeah. I mean, I love the Constitution. I love the fabric of the document. So I'll definitely. I was focusing on the, you know, the um, the the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in the Fourteenth Amendment. But I would, I will definitely dig into that see, language. And I see yeah, this. This yeah, is why you bringing that. This is why the founding fathers were just a bunch of misogynists who hated women and don't really care about America, and why this is this piece of paper needs to be thrown away. Now, when they wrote the Nineteenth, they screwed up. You're right. Well, it wasn't that the, the 19th was never written to to address what it what it was meant to address. I agree with you, uh, Glenn. Go ahead. Let me get the floor back to you. Next question. Okay. Um, now, um, what is your plan on overcoming the Democratic lead of uh, of um, uh, Andy Kim in your district, considering you only had a half a percent? Uh, vote on your first one and only 17.8% on your second vote when you ran for uh, for Senate the last time? Mm-hmm. Well, there are, uh, I'll, I'll start with your, your second part of your question here first. I got 80,000 votes statewide, uh, and that was not being on any of the lines. In, in New Jersey, we have a line system where the establishment really dictates who is going to be in what position on any given ballot. So I had none of the lines. I think I actually hit a record for uh, getting uh, the most votes of any candidate who didn't have a single line in 
that uh, in that race. And again, wow. I got over 80,000. I won. Uh, I won two counties. Uh, and uh, that was all uh, fighting both the Democrats and the establishment Republicans. So let's look at CD3 specifically and Andy Kim. So Andy Kim is a fluke. He is a, an extreme progressive liberal. He is Nancy Pelosi's lapdog. He votes for extremist policies every chance he gets. And he runs away from the Capitol screaming uh, because he's afraid uh, because of what happened on January 6th. We need a fighter. <laughs> We need a leader. We don't need someone who is going to ascribe to Biden's uh, leadership, weak leadership policies. So uh, the other issue in CD3 is that it's the reddest part of New Jersey. President Trump won that district by over 90 percent. The reason that Andy Kim won in 2020 is because his Republican challenger was seen as a rhino who was really a quasi-Democrat who had dealings with Joe Biden's brother, uh, who was seen as a lukewarm uh, Republican at best and a Democrat at worst. So the exit polling shows in CD3 that voters, even though they voted for President Trump, they saw David Richter and Andy Kim as two, sign, two sides of a liberal coin. And Andy Kim eked it out because he touted his military record. His, he's a veteran. And that resonated with the conservatives in that district because they saw, again, they saw David Richter as a liberal and he didn't have uh, a military record. So they said, all right, I'll give it to Andy Kim. Now, Andy Kim is going to be faced in me with a true conservative, with someone who is a true Trump supporter. And again, with Trump winning that district by 90%, I only need 33,000 votes from Ocean County, which is the reddest of the red part of New Jersey. Some parts of that county are redder than deep South Alabama. And I am the candidate that can pull from that 80,000 vote momentum. I might not have gotten the nomination because the establishment was in charge of that ballot. But in this race, it's a whole different ball game, and that can translate into name recognition. And they already know me as a fighter. That's my plan to win. And Andy Kim can go back to uh, he can go he can go be another kind of liberal lapdog, but not in Congress. Right. I I hope the uh, machines don't get you. Uh, did you get the uh, Hasidic vote uh, this time? Uh, yes. And in fact, I have uh, part of Ocean County uh, is a big part of a district called Lakewood. Uh, I have tremendous support there. Uh, one of the rabbis there has given me a, a beautiful endorsement, uh, uh, Reverend, uh, Rabbi, um, Rabbi Dr. Uh, Rosenberg. And, Rosenberg uh, yeah. There, yeah, and you may know of uh, Israel Tiedelbaum. Uh, yep. He is. Uh, he's been working for 30 years in uh, in that uh, Lakewood community for uh, school choice for the Jewish community. And he gave me just uh, I mean, I'm so touched by the endorsement that he gave me. He said he had never seen a candidate ready for this position as I've been. You know, he's well, it sounds like if you've got the city vote, you've got Ocean County wrapped up. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And, and I'll quickly add that I've done tremendous. I've done a lot of one of the great honors of my life. I've done some great work with the International Federation of Christians and Jews. And I've been recognized as uh, both uh, a Jacob uh, and Isaac and an Abraham member, which is their highest accolade uh, from that community. So uh, I, I look forward to the work that we can all do together. Wow. You did good there. You did good there. Uh, now, my next question, I'm going to skip last a couple question. of my last question. <laughs> my last question. Yes. I, Glenn will just take over my whole freaking show if I let him. Well, I'm doing you. I'm helping you with your interview because these are things that you wouldn't know because question, you're not please. local to the area. Okay. Uh, what is your plan after you get in? 
of what you actually want to get done? Excellent question, because I can't wait. I'm a detail person and I'm a policy person. So I don't wait until I get somewhere to start running. So, um, you know, I'm ready to hit the ground running. So I've developed, as I mentioned, my American Health Care Restoration Act that I'm ready to propose to work to uh, make sure that in this next congressional session, when Republicans gain the majority, that we will finally repeal and replace Obamacare. Yes, please. Yes, yes, that's long overdue, right? And it's going to be a better, and maybe maybe we can, uh, maybe maybe I can come back on your show and talk about please, the meat of my plan. Please, 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 I want to have you back. For we sure. want you, we want you, we definitely want you back. Glenn, oh, thank I you. I, but but there's even more. So I have a I have a five point plan that I've developed, and part of that is also developing a Constitution Caucus within Congress, much like the Freedom Caucus headed by Jim Jordan. This would be a constitutionally protective lens for all legislation that's brought to the House floor. It seems like that should be happening already, but you it's think? not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You know. Th- there used to be a time going. where you could reach across the aisle and find Democrats who would join that caucus. Glenn, thank you. God bless you, my friend. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, Miss Flanagan. It has been my pleasure. I think you're going to get along with MTG real well. Oh, she's one of my favorites. I can't <laughs> wait to sit with her and uh, and compare notes. Yes. And okay. Have a very pleasant evening. Much love to all, and thank Much you. Love. Glenn, Much love, Glenn. Glenn, you know I really appreciate you. Thank you, sir. All right, good stuff from Glenn. I am so sorry that we're making people wait, man. Texan and Denise and others are waiting. I can't wait this long. They have to listen to that that on hold music. Joe, uh, what's going on in chat? <laughs> Everybody's absolutely loving it. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the comments was, welcome to Congress, Miss Flanagan. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> so much that pretty love. much summed we'll, it up. We'll get yes, it together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I, man, we need you. We need, it's not a matter of, of how much I can do to help you because that, you know, it's going to be limited on that front, but we, we need you so bad. So trust me, I want to have you back to talk more policy stuff for sure in the future. Our friend Denise is enjoying a cup of tea. I'm sure Denise, welcome to the show. Thank you. And Glenn just pinched my question right at the last minute. Of course I was going to ask her about, um, how yeah about how she, how uh, Trisha feels about teaming up with Marjorie Taylor Greene um, because she's a firecracker as well and I could see you two scaring the pants out of the Dems you'd have them by the throat <laughs> I would say more by the balls but that's just me <laughs> um, well, well we can get them in both ways you know <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes. I, I t- I took anatomy, Grey's Anatomy. I know, I know where, I know where it all lives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, to, to your question, uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm very excited about. Uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing some great work in terms of being a voice for, uh, for all of. Oh, wait, we lost oh, you. Hang on one sec, Trisha. Your mic just went auto mute for some reason. Let's see here. There. Hopefully it pops up on your screen. Yeah, there you go. How's that? Good. We, where did we lose you? Oh, um, oh sorry. Uh, about uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah. I don't know if you heard that. You know, of course I can't wait to uh, to join forces with her. And there are other uh, freshman representatives who, like Madison Cawthorn, uh, Lauren Boebert. Yes. Uh, you know, putting, 
put right put joining all those forces and aligning ourselves also with the existing strong voices like uh like Jim Jordan that I mentioned in on the Freedom Caucus side of things and Devin Nunes who's doing great work on the Intelligence Committee uh, as a yes. ranking member this you know if we can put this coalition together uh we are we are going to be the justice league we are going to restore law and order we are going to hold people accountable we are going to dish out consequences to people like dr fauci we can get them in the hot seat we can pull them in and can you, can you imagine if we have a tag team marjorie taylor green myself lauren jim uh madison i mean we can really we can get to Matt the gates truth. what's that she Would mentioned Matt Gates as yeah, well. He's a Matt fighter. Gates. There's yeah. a there's a good group yeah. in the Freedom Caucus in the House, and there's a good group in the Senate that already have like this idea of all right, let's find a way to get these things through constitutional. I love the constitutional caucus idea though as a a starting point for legislation for legislation. Excuse me. I mean that's just a, the simplest no duh idea I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's a shock it's to me that it's not going on already, but it, it will be this, you know, it has to pass the smell test for the Constitution before it gets brought to the floor. That's my, that's really the crux of what I want to develop with this Constitution Caucus and develop legislation that actually embraces and not just preserves our rights, but but takes back what we've lost, like the Second Amendment. Uh, rights that we've lost we can't we're not even we're below parity we're at less than zero so what we have to do is we have to preserve what's still there but we have to gain ground back reciprocity for as national legislation uh you know uh, a constitutional carry these are all embedded principles in our founding documents and somehow congress has lost sight of that we have to bring it back i believe that if we form a caucus around it we can do exactly that personal favor from me and my family if i may ask please address my constitutional right against illegal search and seizure i want my fourth amendment back Mm-hmm. And that's another provision that we can protect and, and get back under this Constitutional Caucus umbrella. So what we have to do is we have to catalog, and I've already begun doing this, we have to catalog what we've lost, and we have to kind of use it as a compass to figure out where we are. And all of that, illegal search and seizure, I mean, look at the, the FISA court is something that we have to address there, because regular Americans are at risk from an illegal search and seizure of our information, especially in this digital age. We can be tapped without being aware of it. They can do it without blinking an eye. I went to a seminar about 10 years ago, and the stuff that I was privy to that's go that was going on in both the uh, private sector and the government arena with information back then, it would, it, 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 it would make you nauseous. And now we're 10 yes, years further into it. Right. Y yes, so we it have does. To, <laughs> right. So, but no one's addressing this no, now. No <laughs> one wants to address it. No one understands that the reason 9-11 happened is to take our Fourth Amendment rights away and create a police state. Denise, let me get the floor back to you. Yes, uh, I'll just give you one bit of news that's popped up over here in the UK. Ivermectin is going on trial um, as a possible treatment for COVID-19 in um coronavirus patients it's go it's um, going to be given to patients who are over 50 and have had COVID-19 symptoms to see if they can keep them out of hospital uh, the study will compare these patients with those receiving the usual standard NHS care so they're starting to um, take note of these alternatives um, by 
deciding to give ivermectin a trial here, which is brilliant news, I think. Oh, I think you're right, Denise. And I think that when you pair, uh, you know, when you look at ivermectin and compare it, pair it with what we've now found out about hydroxychloroquine, uh, we have therapeutics that are available that uh, no one should be dying from COVID-19, even in an extreme case anymore. We have convalescent plasma, we have polyclonal antibodies. And the tragedy, and this is another thing that my my healthcare plan addresses is that right now doctors' hands are tied and hospital physicians sometimes can't even uh, prescribe polyclonal antibodies that have been shown to save lives as a result of uh, COVID infection. They can't even prescribe them because there's a hospital protocol or a pharmacy benefit management protocol at the pharmacy level that prohibits the prescribing or the infusion of these products. That is wrong on its face. And it's it's the um, development of some of these extreme Democrat mayors like Governor, uh, uh, excuse me, governors like Governor Cuomo, like Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey. We had a supply of hydro hydroxychloroquine, for example, that President Trump commandeered for us from India at the beginning of this pandemic. And Cuomo and Murphy refused to let it be dispensed. There are some projections that over 130,000 people lost their lives that could have been saved if they had just been prescribed hydroxychloroquine and gotten that script filled like their doctors wanted them to. Every doctor that prescribes HCQ or ivermectin, now I'm hearing a lot about that, every physician that prescribes it for their patients says they have miraculous turnaround in this disease. Why are therapeutics being ignored in favor of a vaccine? That's a whole other can of worms, but it's an important question to start asking. It certainly is. I'll leave it at that. I won't take up any more time. Thank you for um, letting me in here and good luck to you, Tricia. That's all I can say. I hope you've gone far. Uh, th thank you, Denise. Thank you and God bless you. Much love, Thank Denise. You. Appreciate Bye. the call. Have Enjoy the rest of your tea. Much love, Denise. Thank you for calling as always. Thank God you bless always. you. All right. The Texan been waiting for way too long. Pro uh, apologize for that. And then we have an open line. We could probably fit one more in. Uh, so I'll take one more uh, caller after the Texan, and then we'll uh, we'll lock it down after that. Uh, we got to let uh, Trisha's got she's got some work to do, man. I mean, you got to give her a chance to get to work. I, I wish I could talk to her for like four hours straight, but l trust me, we'll do what we can to get Trisha back to bring you guys uh, more information. I want to dig into this healthcare policy because <laughs> I I knew exactly what was happening with Obamacare. Uh, I studied it. I I studied. I, I did, you know wanted to make sure I was informed on the policy. Uh, so I would love to have that discussion. But first, I want to welcome my friend, the Texan, in who has been waiting very patiently. Brother, I apologize for the wait. Let me give you the floor. Go ahead. It's all good, man. Uh, can you hear me today? Am I coming in clear? Five by five. Five by five, brother. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, man, what a, what a great guest you got on today. Uh, Ma'am, it is a pleasure to meet you. And I, I have a comment and a question for you. Uh, this just happened today. It's kind of ironic that you're on the show. Um we were notified today that our our our, our health care provider, our, our health insurance, so our company, it will be uh, sending out a letter requesting uh, our record. Texan, and I'm, I'm losing you, brother. Can you uh, can you close uh, okay. kill the camera so we can hear you? Yeah, I, I can you hear me now? No, you, oh, you don't even. Is your camera on? Turn your there. You go. Yeah, camera's off, man. Okay, try one okay. more time. 
healthcare providers is going to be sending out letters requesting our vaccination records. And I was wondering if that was even you know, legal, if there was any protections that, that we as consumers could have against our, our, our health insurance, uh, forcing us to get the vaccination either to avoid higher premiums or uh, dropping coverage altogether. Got you, Texan. We heard we heard you that time. Um, and I, you know, this, there's there's several stories out there today, and I almost brought these, one of these up of people being forced into vaccines at their jobs, or else they get fired. What? What? Go ahead, answer the question. <laughs> the short no, and thank you for that question, and it's a pleasure to talk to you as well. And uh, uh, you know, you do have uh, you do have provisions both in the Constitution and in HIPAA law. So uh, what HIPAA law does is it protects your medical information. It's, uh, it's a privacy measure. It was revamped in September of 2013 to include entities like uh, axillary healthcare uh, provider offices like you're talking about. If it's an insurance company that is demanding your records, you have a legal right to deny that. You don't have to tell anyone. You are on no, under no legal obligation to disclose any medical record. That's all private and it's protected by those HIPAA reforms from September 2013. So you have that baked in and you also have the Nuremberg uh, the Nuremberg protections where um, you, uh, you know, you're not, you cannot be forced to take any medication, any vaccine against your uh, will. And so you also have, in my opinion, you have 14th Amendment uh, constitutional provisions. Uh, I, would, I think that part of this also falls under the Fourth Amendment, uh, illegal search and seizure that should cover all private records embodied in the HIPAA document. So I think that you have uh, plenty of ground to stand on. The danger that I would see is if you inadvertently answer the question. I think people are so ready when they're asked for information, they just give it. And then your, your confidentiality and your privacy have been breached. You can't get that horse back in the barn. My recommendation would be, and, I, and I'm not a lawyer, but I've studied constitutional law and, uh, and, I, and I, am, I certainly have worked within the HIPAA guidelines. Uh, I actually developed uh, proprietary uh, 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 data uh, firewalls around the HIPAA uh, uh, 2013 measures. So I know that very, very well. And I know for a fact that you can stand on that legally. My Again, my recommendation, not a legal one, but just a sound constitutional recommendation would be do not give any information. If anyone asks you for personal private medical records, uh, records you have every right to go on the offensive and not answer the question and certainly uh, put them back and put, put the legal argument back on them that they are breaching your HIPAA rights and you can threaten to sue them. Okay. Yeah. The, the question was asked about the HIPAA laws and uh, the company presented it and said that uh, presented the argument and said that uh, uh, the insurance companies were exempt from the HIPAA law because they are part of the, the medical system basically. And I thought, I, I told, I told my wife, I said, we are not going to answer any questionnaire they send about anything. We're not going to, uh, you know, confirm nor deny anything. And, and you know, we, uh, we're kind of afraid uh, that we're going to lose our health insurance because I know that a previous company I worked for, they, uh, that the question was about smoking. Are you a smoker? And then they even said, uh, you know, if, if you refuse to answer the question, then uh, you, you may face termination. 
know so, what I mean? But this so is Texan, an experimental vaccine. I don't know how one way is the other. So Texan, you, your point was more, and we're you're we're barely we barely got you, bro. So uh, just so you know, um, your question was more geared towards uh, health insurance companies. Trisha, does that does that change the discussion with regards to HIPAA and this idea that while they're part of the healthcare, they have a right to know your your healthcare information, such as smoking? I could you can make an argument that they have a right to know whether you're a smoker or not. Uh, that's a little bit different than the argument about uh, a vaccine or or if you've had corona. So it doesn't change the legal argument. They actually don't have a right to ask even uh, information about smoking. Um, but see, here's the issue. In the HIPAA regulations, I can send you the actual verbiage. It actually does not loop in axillary healthcare offices. So they're actually, they're not interpreting that statute correctly. But the, where you get into the uh, quagmire is that as a private company, if they make coverage contingent upon certain things that they require, uh, they, they see it's, that's tort law and you could get into a contractual discussion about that. But the real question is, are they even asking for information that they're rightly entitled to? And it's clear from the HIPAA law that, they're, that that information is not something that they are just overtly entitled to. But you get into this legal entanglement yeah. that do they have a contractual That's right where- to deny you? That's where, and this is where it gets this. I need to focus on this for a second. I need, I need to, because this is why a lot of us from the beginning of the Tea Party have been asking for tort reform, because the reality of the matter is they look at it as a contract and not necessarily a discussion about healthcare, and they will cut your contract and they will have the right to do it if you don't want to play their game. This is why this, this area of tort reform is such a big, important issue, and I'm, I'm glad that you focused it on that, Trisha. Yeah, just real quick, uh, Sean Joe uh, says he was in uh, NYC today, went to the health facility. They asked if he got a vax. All he said was HIPAA and left the form blank, and he got in. So there you go. Because they know. They know when you push it. See, usually they know more than the patient. When the patient comes armed with information, they have no choice but to back down. There you go. Texan, does that answer your question, brother? Yes, thank you for your time today, and guys, thank you, and I'll see you down the road. Much love, Texan. Take care out there, brother. God bless you, brother. Hey, do me a favor, you guys. Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, the show with my bro Joe and the Texan. It is a party. It's a country music party. Uh, so not necessarily just country music, but uh, country blues and, and different types of music that is, uh, you know, the foundation of America, really. So you want to party? 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Go check them out. So I appreciate it. So what do we got? Seven minutes left? That's How about how's that for perfect time? Guess what? I don't have time for another call. So if you were, if you were waiting for right now, you missed it. Too bad. Too late. Missed it. Trisha, it has been an honor and a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much for listening to the Voice of the Grassroots. Tell us what you have upcoming. I know you have a lot of events and things coming, speakerships, things like that, just uh, abilities to get out and speak to the people. What do you have upcoming for your campaign? Oh, yes, I'm glad to share that with you. And and, uh, let me just say thank you to both of you and to your audience. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I look forward to next time. Yes, Uh, thank you. My my pleasure always. Uh, For upcoming events, uh, you know, uh, we are putting together – our, uh, we're going to have some beach events in CD3 and Seaside. I don't have the dates firmed up yet, but I will definitely have that on my website at Team 
teamtricia.org. That's team, T-R-I-C-I-A dot O-R-G. Uh, we're putting our calendar now up there and uh, we expect to have some great entertainment down at the shore. So please come on and join us uh, when you see those dates available. And uh, if I can also just humbly ask uh, what we need are donations because I don't take a penny from the big lobbyists. Uh, if every one of your listeners would donate $20.22 to take back the house and take that gavel out of uh, Nancy Pelosi's hands, uh, I would be eternally grateful because it's, it's what's going to get us all there. Uh, so you can make a donation at teamtricia.org. And I'll put out a teaser. Uh, watch my Twitter feed that's at NewJ for NJ. And on my Facebook page, uh, I am going to uh, be at an event with our president. And when I say our president, you know I mean President Donald J. Trump. Is that uh, upcoming as fast as potentially this weekend or? Uh, So he's in Ohio on the 26th. He's having the first, he's resurrecting the rallies. So we all look forward to that. But uh, on Tuesday, uh, I will be at an undisclosed location where the president will be. So uh, please stay tuned for uh, information that will come from that and hopefully a a picture or two that I can post. Can do me a favor, send him uh, the love from the foxhole streaming platform or whatever just mention the foxhole to him please <laughs> that's awesome tell him that's where um, we all are <laughs> oh absolutely i i will be my honor to do so we got our friend uh jr majewski uh and uh, mark Bakita, who are both in ohio there and man when i heard that first off that trump was going to ohio and then i heard he's going in that district oh how exciting is Interesting. that? Interesting, yeah. Now you're going to be there, too. That's amazing. He's going to be in other areas. That's awesome to hear. And I'm looking forward to getting uh, President Trump back in these events, man. There was so much fun last year, and it was all like, where all the fun go? It all just stopped. So I'm looking forward to getting back into this stuff. We got an event in Branson uh, coming up next week uh, with General Flynn, so that's going to be fun. There's all these, you know, President Trump's getting going. I can't wait for Kansas. Mike Pompeo to start getting going. That's going to be fun, too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, this is our time to roll. Indeed. So it's been an honor and pleasure. Uh, Let me show you guys all of the information about how you can find Tricia. So let's start there real quick. Uh, Let me see here. Yeah, and just real quick, uh, lots of great comments out there for you, Tricia, between Foxhole, DLive, and everywhere else. We need a 1,000 Tricia Flanagans, if that's possible. Man, we can just nail this down and really get back to our Constitution Republic. So God bless you, Tricia. Thank you. Oh, thank you. God bless all of you. We'll get there together. Amen to that. Tricia Flanagan for United States Congress. Here is the website, teamtricia.org. Just go to the Meet Tricia, Tricia section to learn out more about Tricia and her beautiful family. Uh, there must be a strong man behind you. Beside every, every great man is a strong woman and vice versa. So God bless your husband as well. It's time to bright, time for a bright new day, New Jersey. Join Team Tricia. Spit it out, Abe. Tricia Flanagan uh, is the is the guest here today on Brothers Uncensored. Here is where you can find out more information about her. Just check that out right there. And then finally, go to the website. And 2022, if you can drop $20.22 $20. on Tricia. Man, say that 10 times fast. Uh, <laughs> you can, say it once. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can have some fun trying to say that. And uh, you can help support uh, somebody who we really need in Congress. With that, I want to give Joe the last thoughts and uh, last thoughts from um, from Tricia as well, guys. Yeah, guys. Again, it's just been an amazing uh, show, Tricia. Thank you so much for being here. And like I said, um, everybody out in our chat has been totally on board with everything you've been saying. Um, they just absolutely love you, and that's exactly why we love having candidates on here. Is because 
you guys don't get lifted up enough. Uh, you really don't in any way we can bring attention. I mean, obviously, you know, there's uh, Sean Joe's in New York there. I mean, I know he's not in your district, but I guarantee you uh, any way he can try to help support you. He will same with anybody else who's in that area because they now are aware of you from our platform and we got to keep that going. We got to keep these conversations going. Obviously the more over target we are, the harder it is. I see lots of people dropping some gold pills in there for us. Thank you guys for that. WC crane up. Appreciate that. I know we got a lot of lurkers in there today, but a lot of great comments after the show, guys, stay tuned because Amy Joe, God loves you. will be uh, doing some, uh, some prayer for us. So stay tuned about 20 minutes after the show, we will drop that. Uh, and, uh, of course, tomorrow we have a great guest that we're going to, uh, we can't quite release, but, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Bitcoin and what is going on in that industry. And then Friday with our good friend, I find it. So lots of stuff coming down the road, Trisha, again, it's been a blessing. Oh, it's, it's a blessing to be with all of you. I, I love you. Prayers uh, back to everyone. Much love to all. And, uh, you know, as I said, we will get there together. This is going to be a win for all America. And if we stand together and if we fight together, there is nothing that we cannot accomplish. We will save our country and the glory will go to God. Amen. Amen to that. Trisha Flanagan, God bless you and your family. Thank you for fighting for us. God bless you. May God be by your side this whole time. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Thank you all for joining us here as you do every day. Yes, 20 minutes from now, let's do a prayer for Amy, for uh, for Trisha and everyone else who wants to stand up for us. God bless you all. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.